What up, what up, what's the vibe? It's Ray with the East Hosted with a five. You are now tuned into the pod. I got my co-host Kenny with me. What's the vibe, my guy? What's good? What's good? You already know another another day, another quarter. <laughs> we ain't reached that dollar yet, but we getting there. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. What's up with it, man? How's your weekend? I saw you was out traveling and shit. Yeah, man. This weekend, you know, me and my wife and my son, we went up to Baltimore. We went up to go to a uh to a wedding. One of our family members got married. Uh-huh. You know, shout out to them. And while we were there, man, we just took some time to just enjoy each other, you know. Enjoy mm-hmm. the family, went some places, did some things together, you know. That's good shit, bro. Yeah. Shit, this weekend I went to um to the Tacoma Comedy Show and I saw Miss Pat. I don't know if you ever heard about her. She's um she has her own show on BET. She from Atlanta. She has like mm. a very colorful background, but yo, she funny as fuck, bro. Hmm. Okay, if you Miss Pat. Yeah, if y'all haven't heard about Miss Pat, y'all look her up. She also has a um a podcast, but on BT Plus, she got a show called The Miss Pat Show. Y'all gonna love it. It's hilarious. And her stand-up is A1. Boy, I had a fucking blast over there. <laughs> okay. And then on I'll Sunday, I think on Sunday, I did a little shopping. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because, I mean... I wasn't going to say nothing, but I was shopping because I had to get some fits together because I got a, a Mexico trip coming up. Oh, shit. When? Uh, one of these weekends coming up. I'm going to Mexico for like five days. I'm going to Cancun, my G. My nigga. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's crazy, bro? I'm going to Cancun for my birthday, dog. When's your birthday again? The 12th of May. Oh, fuck. I'll be there the week after you, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> Where you Sorry. staying at? Oh, man. I don't know. My wife was the one that put it all together, man. You know. Damn, I wish I wish we could fucking go out there together, bro. Bro, that would be dope. I'm going to let her know after this, bro. I'm, I'm going to definitely let her know. I'm going on the 19th. Oh, uh, no. So we're going to be there. We're going to be there that Sunday to Tuesday. Damn. Just change it, bro. Go to days that I'm dead. <laughs> oh man! You should already book everything. Yeah, everything already done got booked out, bro. All, all inclusive. But yeah, I got me yeah. a dope little spot out there, all inclusive. So, you know, it's gonna be lit. Wow, that's just crazy. Yeah, man. Great, great minds. You're already. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah! But I just finished eating me a little Eddie, so I'm waiting for that to kick in. Oh I, shit! I got my little bamboo. You know, man, I'm just having yeah. a little sip, so it's gonna be a fun episode, bro. Right, right, right. Yeah, just we just came back from a little Taco Tuesday joint, man. We went to um this one spot over at the Broward Mall called the Whole Enchilada. For those of you that's listening, if you if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, the Whole Enchilada they got some good some good Mexican food. Now it's not as great as Taco Craft, but it's I mean if you can't get to Taco Craft, you know what I'm saying, the Whole Enchilada would be your next spot. Mm. Yeah. My favorite Mexican spot out here is probably a hole in the wall, but I really like to go to Matador. Oh yeah. We yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, Matador is my spot, like a little chill, little vibe and shit. But you know, my number one spot out here is El Gaucho. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But that shit is mad pricey though. Hell yeah. It is, but you know, it ain't tricking if you got it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't broke no more. <laughs> What's good, bro? What we doing? Oh, man. You know, I wanted to talk about two particular things. So when I was at the wedding, 
you know, something came to my mind. I'm like, I right, do men treat themselves. Mm. Now, the reason why I say that is because I know some of us, we do, but it's not like, it's not in comparison to how women treat themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I say that because, for example, me, you know, my wife owns a nail spa. Every now and then I like to go in there, get my feet done, get my hands done, get a facial done. You know what I'm saying? But I know us men, we're so self-conscious. We don't want to do those things because we don't want people to look at us a certain kind of way. You feel me? Yeah, I just started doing all of that shit, like getting manis and petties and trying to do it more often. But you're right, like we don't take care of ourselves. Well, not all of us, like most men, because there are some men out there that actually do that self-care and make sure that they're straight. But I've been saying that for the longest, like I want to start getting face shoes. I just started doing Manny Petties on a on a bi-weekly, you know, vibe. I just started that as something that's going on, just starting to be more caring about my grooming. And, you know, of course, we go to the barbershop and we feel we feel like the we the flyest motherfuckers in the world. But it takes a lot more than a haircut sometimes. Right. But I don't know if you feel this way, but like I think one of my problems is like I don't like it's like it's easy for me to spend money on my family. Like when mm-hmm. I got I, I got to buy something for them. I got to do something like I don't even think about how much it costs when I'm doing something for them. Right. But when I'm doing something for me, I'm like, nah, that's too much. I feel like I'm mad cheap with myself, except for right. when it come except when it come for me copying my yays. But besides that, mm. it's like I'm mad cheap if I could go here. And only with me, though, you know, but for others, I'll be willing to drop that bag a little more easier. But mm-hmm. it'd be, it be taking some convincing for me. Sometimes I'll be fucking looking at a cart or I have something sitting in my cart forever, won't buy it. I go to the mall. I'm like, nah, that's too much. Or, yeah. I'm like mad conscience when it comes to that. But if it was for somebody else, like if it was for my significant other, if it was for one of my kids, I would just drop that bag, not even think about it. Right. And that is also one of my problems that I've been trying to fix about myself. And another thing that I think some men are, you know, I won't say they're dealing with, but some men, I believe some men have a hard time getting over that. Like you said, you got some stuff in your cart and it could be on Amazon or whatever. And it's like, nah, man, I'm just wait till I get paid this next paycheck and I'm gonna buy it. And then when you find then when you get the money, Sometimes you won't even buy it because now you're like, man, I got to pay this. I got to make sure this is going to be straight because it's time for us to do this. You know what I'm saying? I want to take the wifey here. I want to take the kids there. Nah, it'll be some other time. And I do that all the time. And I know I, I would say that I would not call myself a procrastinator, but damn, I'm a fucking procrastinator. I'm a big procrastinator, bro. I'll feel you. And before you even tap into that, which is probably going to switch gears, I'm thinking like a lot of times when we think about doing shit for ourselves, we always too busy focused on everybody else. Because it's like when you're the breadwinner and you're the one that's taking care of your household and shit, it's like you got to make sure everybody's straight before you think about you. So that kind of becomes the habit. It's like thinking of others before we think about ourselves, you know what I'm saying? You know, and we can kind of control buying stuff for ourselves because the satisfaction is not like when we were young. Like, I think I had money issues until, I'm not going to lie, I probably had money issues until I got out the military and started making more money. Like, 
I've been on that, you know, I, I remember back then, I forgot what year it was. I was in the military, pretty high rank. And I was making, I was living check to check. And I spoke to my uncle. I went to Brooklyn. I was visiting New York. And then I went to Brooklyn to see my uncle. And he was hyped because he was able to stack up a little bread. And, you know, last, the first time, I, guess, I think some time before that, I had went to visit and I saw he was kind of not doing very well. So I was like, yo, what's good with you? Like, you know, you got to get your shit together. Like, you know, pretty much motivating him. And he got motivated and he started, you know, saving bread and doing his thing. Mm. And then when I told him, I, when I spoke to him, he was like, yeah, I got, you know, a little bit of, I got this much money stacked up in the bank and this, this and that. I was like, shit, not me, man. I'm, I live check to check. And then he was like, <laughs> he was like, wait, what? He's like, you this and you that. And then I was like, look, before you get crazy, my check to check is different than your check to check. <laughs> Just know that because what you got saved in the bank my two-week paycheck is more than that. So you right. have to understand that, like, although I'm living check to check, I get paid, like, three, four times as much as you. That just means that I got two cars. I, back at that time, I had two car notes. I had to pay rent. I was taking care of a full family and all this shit. So I was letting him know, like, I ain't got Section 8, you know what I mean, covering down on me. Like, my rent ain't fucking based on my income. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I have to kind of clarify that because you got people out there making big banks still living check to check because their lifestyle is different. I don't live in the projects. You know what I mean? I'm, I live in the suburbs. So it's like, I'd rather live my check to check than have a little money in my bank account and live like you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but before I was able to kind of get my finances in, in a better order and shit like that, I would definitely not treat myself. Because you don't really get anything out of it. You know, mm-hmm. when you treat your family, at least that shit makes you feel good. Because you feel yeah. like you're providing and you're doing your job. But when we do shit for ourselves, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm going to look fly for this day, but then what? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then the military makes us frugal to where we could live with the off the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just like, when it comes to us men, man, we're just so used to especially being military man we're just so used to just living off of the bare minimum so we just fuck it i know for women it's so different like a woman you know she'll go to the mall especially she got the especially if she got the urge to go spend some bread Mm. you go to the mall she come back with michael kors bag a Mm. couple a couple of bathing suits a couple of high heel joints you Mm -hmm. know and it's just like and i guess that's the therapy in, in essence but for men, it's different. Like, bro, I'll sometimes, bro, when I buy something from Amazon that I really want, I feel guilty later on because then I go back to my bank account. And I'm like, man, uh, I could have done, I could have done without this shit, bro. Right. That's you know? just because you know men are just so much. Are, I'm not gonna say so much more, but men are just logical beings. Like, we just use a lot of logic in our thinking, so it's like. We be regretting that shit because we like, yo, I could have, I could have did this, you know, like even me thinking about, you know, the trip, like I'm going to Mexico and thinking about how much that trip cost me. Yeah. You'd be like, shit, I could have used that bread and I could have, I could have paid my mortgage or, or you know, <laughs> yeah, I could have I paid my bills for a month for what, yeah. you know, dropped on this trip. But then you got to just remember like, you know, your life life is a series of moments and moments pass. Mm-hmm. 
So you gotta, like my man Joe Budden said, so you gotta live everyone as if it's your last, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you gotta enjoy life. And those are the moments when you can travel, when you can see something you never saw or learn something that you never knew. Like those are the things that you wanna look forward to. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what's gonna help help life be worth living. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you gotta sometimes you just gotta drop that bag and and um say fuck it. You know what I mean? Do you ever feel guilty sometimes if you spend like say, let's say let's okay, let's say for example, you spent about four hundred dollars on whatever. Something mm-hmm. that you really something that you really wanted. And then you look but then you look back at it and you'd be like, Man, uh, I could have done, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I didn't. I, like I do that, bro, and I feel guilty sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my wife, like, we would go out, like, say for example, we went out to the mall and I saw these nice pair of kicks. I'll see some Jordans or some or some Yeezys. And my wife would be like, babe, if you want to get it, babe, just get it. And I'm like, nah, man, because then I, you know, we gonna have to eat that for the next two weeks. It's just like, so I mean, if you want to get it, just get it. It's not like, but and in her and her mind is like, you know, it's not like we don't have money because we do, right? But if you want to get it, just fucking get it. Was just be okay with just making that decision. You just got to be okay with that. How was your family um, growing up? Like, did you was your family doing good or they were kind of like lower class? They were well back in those days. We were considered middle class. We were doing good. My dad was making decent money for those days. And my mom did a real good job in saving every penny. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she basically spent the money on the things that we needed, the necessities. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was growing up, we used to wear school uniforms to school. Right. So she would buy me, like, two She would buy me like two pants and, like, five shirts and, like, one pair of shoes. And that's supposed to last you for the entire school year. Yeah, I remember those days. You know? And then when I got into high school... When I got into high school and I started working, so the money that I made when I was working in Kmart and in, and, uh, and in McDonald's, that went to my school clothes and other things that I decided to do with my money. So if let's say, for example, if I wanted to go and just buy some, you know, buy some nice fits to go hang out, that's what I bought. And, that, you know, that money that I had, went to it went to that. But, like, and, but she also taught me that, you know, you need to also learn how to save your money. Right. And that's how, and that's what I'm trying to do with my daughter. Like my daughter just started working, and I told her she gonna have to pay me. She she's not making that much money. Maybe like you know, fifteen sixteen dollars an hour. But like, yeah. you know, I told her I'm like, you gotta pay me two hundred and fifty dollars a month. And she's like, for what? I said, cause that's rent. You gotta learn how to how to start understanding that you got to pay bills for where you live. She's 18, mind you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, But I'm not doing that because I need her. I need that money or nothing like that. I, there's two things, right? One thing is I know she's too young and dumb to understand savings and putting money to the side. That's one. Mm-hmm. And two, I need her to learn the responsibilities. Like while you're paying all of that shit, First and foremost, you need to make sure that your bills are paid. And that's a bill. That's what you call rent. I'm making her feel like that's what's keeping the roof over your head because you're 18 and technically I can kick you out of my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
in all reality, while I'm teaching her that she has to pay her bills, I'm actually going to have all of that sitting in the savings account. So when she finally does move out, she got a chunk of money waiting for her, when, you know, to help her, you know, the transition be smooth. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's good, though. Yeah. I mean, she learned that that means she learns um, financial literacy. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're teaching that shit over here in, in, as part of the curriculum now mm-hmm. in some states. And I think Florida is... Actually, I think Florida was the one that started. Ron DeSantis made it to where um, I think I think all school levels or just maybe middle school and high school, they teach these kids financial literacy. It's about time, bro. Yeah, it's about time. Because a lot, of, a lot of these kids don't really don't learn that shit until life hit them hard. Yeah. You know That's what I'm saying? Even when my daughter was younger, I added her to my credit cards as like a, you know how you can add someone to your credit cards as an mm-hmm. authorized user? Mm-hmm. So I added her to my credit cards back when she was like 16 so that, you know, it reports on her credit report. You know, like I keep my shit paid. You know, I do what I got to do. So... She was she's been actually building credit since then. I haven't really got where I had to check her credit and see where it is, but she's not going to be starting from nothing because she's been building a credit profile from a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's the type of stuff that I be trying to teach them and all the shit that I didn't know. Like, really, my goal is just to teach the kids, teach my kids something that I wish they would have taught me. Teach them the shit that I didn't know at that age. So I'm always dropping jewels on them or trying to like. You know, talk sense into them on, on how to deal with things and what they should be doing. So, you know, because the younger generation is lazy, bro. Like, they think everything is a game. Like, they see TikTok and they see they see these social media platforms and think that life is easy. And you know, everybody. Only thing that people do is just share and promote the good parts of their life, or they're lying about the good parts of their life. Nobody really posts about their struggles and. Nope you know, what's really going on behind the scenes. So everybody be thinking, oh, life is great or it's going to be easy. So I'll be making it very clear to them that, you know, life's a bitch and then you die. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to you gotta be prepared. You got to fucking, you got to understand that it's a cold world. Like, no, don't nobody give a fuck about you out there. Yeah. You know what it's I'm saying? Dark, dark word, yeah. That's a fact. So I'll be trying to put them on like, yo, it ain't like that out there. And y'all been, you know, fortunate enough to be to been raised in a way where y'all been kind of sheltered from the real world. And also know that that they're privileged and that they they have an opportunity and a chance to live life the way that we didn't because we didn't know these things. The things that they're being taught in school alone far far succeeds what we learned growing up. You know, like mm-hmm. they're starting to get the curriculum right and starting to teach them things that they should be learning about. Like we ain't learned nothing about nothing. And then, well, I can't say we. I didn't learn nothing about nothing. And my parents weren't literate enough when it comes to finances to even teach me anything. Yeah. And, and probably still doing bad to this day because they never was able to get away from you know, from what was meant for them. Yeah. And like they products of the environment and they still over there just, you know, living off the government and just kind of getting whatever they can, 
you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'm not like that. Like, I don't move the way I, I don't live off the government. Like everything that I do, I pay for out of my pocket. I don't, I, I don't get no free nothing. Even being a retired veteran, health ain't free. Only for me, the VA will see me, but they're not going to see my family. So I still got to pay for health care. I still got to, you know, pay for life insurance. I still got to, you know, pay my bills. Like, mm. it's 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 crazy out here, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely different now. You know, I, I, growing up, I think in terms of what my mom would always teach me was, you know, make sure you get yourself a bank book and make sure you save your money. But she never taught me about credit. You know what I'm saying? She never taught me. That's because, but that's because they didn't know either. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But now our kids now, um, going to school and being taught financial literacy, they are already ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like we had to wait till we were an adult to find out about this shit, or we had to wait till somebody that we knew that was in our immediate circle sat us down and said, yo, let me tell you something about this shit right here, yo, son. Let me teach, let me teach you a little bit about interest rates right. and all that other bullshit that's going to make or break your financial, make your financial well-being. Our parents knew enough about credit to put fucking light bills on our name while we children. I had yeah. credit. Why the hell I turned 18 and I had bad credit and I go and it, it said I had a Discover card that I didn't pay on that went away and I'm like, how the hell did I have a Discover card when I was 15 years old? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the first time I was smart enough to even look at my credit report, I was like 21. I was already in the military mm-hmm. trying to get a car or something. And they're like, yeah, you got bad credit. I'm like, how? Like, and they're like, well, you got this and this. And I had shit on there that was that preceded me. <laughs> like, I'm like, how the hell I had these bills in my name, like, even as a child. So I'll show you, know, like I said, we, we lead two different lives. I'm sure, you know, your parents didn't do that to you, but, and I'm not going to blame it on my parents and say they did that to me, but somebody did something because I definitely had some fucking debt before I was even old enough to apply for it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, that's cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. But yeah, Going back to the topic, I think we need to start doing better in treating ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Because these are all the building blocks into having uh, mental health, you know what I'm saying, or mental well-being. You know what I'm saying? Because what you do for others, and I forgot I forgot this one statement, um, I think it was Denzel Washington, I think it was either Denzel Washington or Kobe. Where they were saying, um, basically, the strength of the, you know, the strongest person in the room is always the one that needs to be, uh, is, is always the one that needs to be checked on. Because you never know what, what he or she is going through. Right. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? And not all the time, us men are the strongest ones in the room. I mean, even though we're required to, not all the time we're the strongest one in the room. But... For the ones that are, man, you got to take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Right. Bottom yeah, you, know, you know what we got to do? We got to just at least for each other because we in each other's lives and we have an obligation at least once a week. I think that we should we should start from now on 
in the early, you know how early on in the pod I ask you about your weekend and I tell you about mine and we kind of discussed like that. Now, one of our questions is going to be, what did you do this past week to treat yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Let's That's do that. That's a good point. We should do yeah. that. And then we hold each other accountable, you know? And then yeah. we get to the point to where it's like, shit, I went out, I got me a facial, I got me a massage, I got me a mani-pedi, or, you know, I took a day to just, you know, be by myself and meditate and get my mentors right or, you know, anything. Like, I, like if I think about this weekend... What did I do for myself? I bought me some, I bought me two new colognes because I'm, you know what I mean? I got tired of the old swag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course, that comedy show was very fun and I was glad, I was happy to, um, you know, get out and, and enjoy myself and shit like that. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's the small things, but it has to be done with intent. So it's not going to be like, oh, I just happened to have a good weekend and, and feel like I treated myself. It's kind of like being intentful and being like, yo, this week, this is how I'm going to treat myself. Like right now, well, I'm on a I'm on a three-day juice cleanse that I started yesterday. Okay. Because, you know, since I left the military, bro, like, you know, you get complacent. I've just been hanging around. It's crazy because I got a gym membership and everything, but I still managed to gain like 30 pounds since I got out, maybe less than that. Maybe it wasn't 30. I'm old being maybe, maybe 20. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe 20. And, and that's a lot. 15 to 20, but it feel like 30 because yeah. my goal weight, I'm like, I'm usually good at 200. You know what I'm saying? 200, I'm, I'm, I'm good money, but I'm at like at 228 right now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm like, all right, what am I doing? So I made sure that. I signed up for a gym that's close. I, I got, I'm signed up for a gym that's close to my job and close to my home. So I ain't got no excuse. And then, you know, right now I'm in a three day cleanse so that I, I can reset my diet. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm being more intentful about what I'm doing so that I can kind of fix the issues that I'm having with myself. Because when you don't feel good about yourself physically, it leads to, and, or even your health. First off, health is wealth. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta be healthy. First and foremost, if you want to live a long life or a life longer than we're granted. So I'm focusing on that. So I'm trying to focus on my health and my mental health. And then also, you know, make sure that I'm doing things that I'm feeling proud of or or making life worth living. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That could be a plethora of things like, you know, true health is what you could do for someone else. So like me being able to pass down shit to my shorties and like teach them things and get them prepared for life. Like I feel fulfillment out of that, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, pushing them ahead in life. So that's what I want us to do. I want us to kind of really go out get us the shit that we want and, you know, do the things that we want to do. Or, or even if it's just one thing, do something that you did for you because we constantly doing shit for other people and disregarding ourselves when, you know, we should be taking care of ourselves first because in order for me to be able to take care of y'all, I got to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. If the plane go down, they always tell you to make sure you put the mask on you first. Mm-hmm. Put on your mask first and then help others. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. Right. We got to build the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. But I also saw, you know, 
while we're moving on into topics, man, um, I saw that you put in our, because we share a note. We we really discuss what we kind of go to the notes and we'll put in there what we feel like we got to talk about this part and everything. And you were super active on the notes because I don't think I added anything to the notes, but you was active. And then one of you already spoke on men treating themselves. And then you spoke on something else where you were saying, like, you know, how do you know she's the one? Oh, and yeah. I thought that that was interesting to come from a male's perspective. While I'm hoping that I can kind of like put my biases aside and yeah. answer that question, you know, wholeheartedly. But we'll see where it goes, bro. So you can kick I, it off. So the reason why I, I, I asked this question, and like I said, you know, I was in Baltimore this weekend for a wedding. And I had to ask myself, like, you know what, at what point, well, I already knew, but I, 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 I like, I like having this conversation with my wife. And I told my wife, I said, you know, babe, you know, I think after a year and a half of dating you, I knew that I wanted to marry you. And she was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I think I, it just felt like I said, cause you know, when we started dating and, you know, we started going out and being in each other's presence and, Talk. I said it just felt like it just felt natural. Like it just felt like okay, this 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 is what meant. This is what is meant to be right here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like uh, I don't know. Uh -huh. It was like it was just like uh, you know what I'm saying. Boom, boom, boom. We met her. We moved in. You know what I'm saying? And then and next you know I was like, oh, will you marry me? And she was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? So I have to ask the question, like, when do you know this individual is the right one? And I say that because I see a lot of people would date each other for like five, eight, 10, 15 years, bro, and then get married. And it's like, to me, that's weird. And I remember, I, I remember, you know, I only been married once, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So I don't know about the other cats because I had a soldier that at 21, she was on like her third or fourth husband. So Ooh. at the hill there, let me keep it moving. But like, I know for me, you know, when I first, you know, got with her, it just felt like she was like a breath of fresh air, like. It kind of felt like we knew each other for mad long, even mm -hmm. though we ain't know each other for that long. And you just kind of connect with that person. Like you don't want you don't want anything but to be around that person during those early times, you know? Mm -hmm. you, just, you love everything about them. They make you feel like no one's ever made you feel before, you know? Mm -hmm. So you know, when if you're fortunate enough to meet somebody where you could click with them and connect with them that fast, whether you might you guys might be relating to the same struggle or you guys might be I don't know what makes people connect, but I know for me it was like, you know, that's when I knew like, damn, I thought I thought I loved somebody before, but that was my first love because it wasn't like that. You know, when you're young you go through those puppy love phases. You think you love that girl you were in high school with, or you know what I mean? You're 
mm. your high school crush or boyfriend or girlfriend. But what I was experiencing, and I think I was like, what, 20 at that time, 21? I think 20, 19, 20. What I was experiencing, I never felt like that before. You know, mm-hmm. with that shit, that shit makes you feel selfless. It, it wasn't, excuse me, selfless. It wasn't even about what she did for me, but what I was willing to do for her type mm-hmm. of vibe. And I can't even explain what makes a woman the one, but you just know and you feel it because, you know, there's they're putting in that effort. Like, they're doing the shit for you that, you know, it ain't all about, oh, lovey-dovey, happy, you know, birds and bees, good times. It's dumb also willing to fucking let you know when you're doing wrong and put you in your place, you know, like being honest with you. Right. And keeping you grounded. Right. You know yeah. Right. And that's important because I've been with some yes women, you know, like I've been with women that kind of just made me feel like I was God's gift to the world, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, a lot of the times it just didn't work out because they weren't holding me accountable. Yeah. So you got to find somebody that's going to hold you accountable, but yet have your back through those times. You know, like you got to, you got to find people that you, this is, this is my belief. And then I'm going to let you, I'm going to hand over the mic to you. My belief is this, like true love to me, Ray Sosa's definition of true love is when you with somebody that you could be with them and feel the closest you can feel to being by yourself. Like the things that you do when you're alone, how you, you know, you are willing to do it in front of this person and don't mm-hmm. feel ashamed about it. So mm-hmm. the less shameful you feel about being yourself around a person, I feel like that's the deepest level of love because you don't even care about looking a fool. Like when I'm by myself in an elevator growing up in the Bronx and shit, I, you know, I lived on the sixth floor. I would as the type that I'll be outside. I'm, if I go to a party, I'm hugging a wall. I'm not a dancer. I'm not dancing. But if you put, I, I hit that elevator and I'm in the elevator by myself going up to the sixth floor, I'm doing the heel toe, I'm Harlem shaking, I'm fucking, you know, talking to myself, I'm rapping to myself, like, you know, because I'm by myself and that's how I act when I'm alone. You do yeah. all of the things that you're insecure about behind closed doors. Yeah. So I feel like if you can find somebody that you can feel alone with, you know, like where you don't feel embarrassed to do that little funny dance, you know, like you you can sing at the top of your lungs, knowing damn well you don't know how to sing, you mm-hmm. know. Like, if you can just truly be yourself around somebody, I feel like that's true love right there, bro. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I just like one of the – one of the things I find that's just I can't wrap my mind around is how two people can be together for a long period of time, right? And, you know, she's doing wifey duties, you doing husband duties. Y'all have babies, y'all don't start a family, don't bought a house in each other's name done bought a car in each other's name, done got bank accounts and everything. And 
it's been 12 plus years and y'all ain't married yet. That's crazy. Like that, 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 that's the part why I had to ask the question, how do you know if she is the right one? Like if you meet somebody and you know she's the one, bro, just go on ahead and just do what you got to do. Jump that broom. How long did it take you? Like I said, I, we, um, we dated for three years and then we got married. Damn, but, that's more than me, bro. But um, when the, I knew within the first year and a half that I was going to marry her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't know when. And again, you know, putting things off, I just say, you know what, man? Nigga, fuck that shit. Just go ask her, bro. Mm. So when she was laying in bed and I walked up to the bed, I reached down, grabbed the ring, got on the knee, grabbed her hand, and she woke up and she's like, What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, baby, would you marry me? And she was like, Oh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying? When I, I just went ahead and just did it. You when know, I pro- when I proposed, I was trying to think of like this, mind you, this was 2007. Mm. Right? Like I was like, yo, what would be a dope way to propose? I thought about taking her down to Times Square and trying to get the trying to get the screen to show me and all of this stuff. Mm. But I ended up settling for calling the radio station, bro. I think I called Hot 97 or like <laughs> a New York radio station because I was too nervous to do that shit. Mm. I, I ended up calling the radio station and proposing live on the radio. <laughs> That's dope, though. Nah, nigga. Because the whole time I heard, like, that I took, like, an easy way out. Like, I didn't, you know, get on my knee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't propose the right way. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of women, they want you to, you know, you getting down on one knee is kind of like you really putting your pride aside, putting everything away. And... And showing that person that I'm, you know, for you, I will get on my knees for you, you know, and I'll do it in front of your family and your friends. And so me doing it the way that I did it was kind of like easy way out, kind of a cheap shot. And to you, you're like, yeah, but thousands, maybe, you know, it's Hot 97 back in the day, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, everybody listen to Hot 97. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, in your mind, you're like, yo, but millions of people are listening, you know, or at least a million, like, but they don't give a fuck about who's the people who don't know you and shit like that. They would rather you, you know, do it where there's a lot of people watching, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, so I definitely learned from that. And, you know, so if I ever had to do it all over again, I'll make sure that I'm ready and I do it the right way. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. You never lose. You just learn. Mm. you know but I just feel that and this is no this is no jab at women but I just feel like you know certain women out there are okay with being a glorified girlfriend mm. you know what I'm saying Talk to and, them. and I feel like certain men out there will take advantage of these women that will provide the wifey duties and just lead them up, just lead them up, just, you know, lead them along. 
and I'm saying this, I'm saying this as a man and as a father. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want, I don't want that for my daughter. But you know, and for the women that's listening, yo, you gotta, you gotta know how you gotta know how long you're willing to be patient. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like I said again, if we if we dating, you know what I'm saying, and we having sex, and we popping our babies left and right, we don't bought a we did all this shit that a that a married couple would do, then you have to ask yourself the what then why are we why aren't we married? And people be like, Oh well, you know, you don't really need to be married, you don't really need to be married. Blah 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 blah. That shit's just a piece of paper. Yo, money's a piece of paper too, yo. Damn. And you work, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And you work your you work your ass off for that bread, right? Damn. I never thought of it like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? And you do overtime for that money, right? Nigga, what you been watching? What what you been on, bro? Cause you've been I'm, you've been a fucking philosopher for the past couple weeks. Nah, but it's just like Cause like I said, bro, since I've been going through what I've been dealing with with my wife, man, I had a lot of time to really think, process, and digest everything that has been happening in my relationship. And like, I'm learning, I'm like, there's some things that I did in the relationship with my wife and I'm, and I'm looking back on it and I'm like, yeah, that's why I fucked up at. And I need to fix that. Yeah. That's why I messed up Matt, with my wife. I need to fix that. I need to start learning how to say no in certain things. I need to start learning how to be more accountable in certain things. I need to start learning to be able to make decisions in certain things. I need to learn how to do better research for the sake of my family. And when it comes to making these decisions, I need to be making as a man. And when you think about these things, bro, when you actually sit down, or like I like like I like to tell people, when you take a step back from taking a step back and you look at the entire playing field, you look at the entire atmosphere, you begin to think, you know what? I could have actually done this a lot better. Right. And maybe we wouldn't be in the situation I am right now. But you know what it is, bro? Is that hindsight is twenty twenty. Everything everything is clear when you're looking back at it. But when you live in life and there's so many things in front of you and you're just trying to make the best decisions that you can or where, you know, at your mind state, because everything is just where your head is at, because I'm able to deal with things now a lot easier than I would have back in my early 20s. You know, the decisions that I make, I'm able to make more rational decisions with experience. Because I was able to fucking fall, trip, bump my head, scrape up my knees, and, you know, really figure it out. So looking back at it, it's like, damn, I should have just did this or I should have just did that. Mm -hmm. But the thing about when we look back, I've noticed is that people either feel like they're perfect and they look back at other people's flaws. And maybe mm-hmm. they, they maybe they learn from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. But a majority of us, when we look back, we just look at the decisions we made. We don't look at or we don't even remember why we made those decisions. Mm-hmm. Because we have to understand that life was a lot different back then than it is right now. And maybe, maybe back at that time, 
it was necessary that you made a decision that you made the way that you made it because that's what that's the decision that you had to make at that time right now we're a lot further ahead when it comes to experience when it comes to you know finances or when it comes to just life in in general we've come a lot further in life through experience so when we look back at young 21 year old ray young 21 year old kenny and we'd be like fuck like i should have never did that we can't even relate to the circumstances of 21 year old ray and kenny mm-hmm. but we also have to understand that during them times we were making decisions the best way that we knew how to right without without proper education without you know anyone out there really guiding us we just did what we felt was best at that moment and that moment ultimately brought us to who we are today so we have to understand and appreciate you know those decisions that we made even if we regret them now mhm devil's advocate yeah and and that's fine too but i was um I, I would say that I've been very cerebral as of late, and I always try to contemplate ways to where I can always be a better husband. You know what I'm saying? A better, or just an all-around better man, period. Not even a better husband, just a better man, yeah. period. And can I give you some toxic advice? What's that? <laughs> and the only reason I say toxic is because it's not going to be very positive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's once again, like I said, devil's advocate. And also speaking in a sense of where sometimes we look back at times in our life and we just think that we was wrong because we don't remember what other people did to us. Mm. You understand? We don't remember what what were other people's involvement in us being the way that we were. Because we are products of our environment. So I say that to say this. At some point, when you go through that phase in your life where you almost lose somebody. Because what my mom used to always tell me was, if you love her, then let her go. If she comes back, she's here to stay type of vibe. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was too young to understand that vibe or or what that was. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Either way. You know, what I'm trying to say and how I'm trying to bring things full circle right now is right now you could be on a high because when you're about to lose something, that's how you realize how valuable it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at that moment, everything's going to be like, oh, fuck. Like, it's going to be like a eureka moment, like a like a whoa, like I almost lost this and I got to save it. And you go through this whole phase where you're, you know, you're living on a high because you've realized that there was a problem and you almost lost something very precious to you, but you managed to fix it right on time. Mm -hmm. But that feeling's only going to last for so long. It's only going to be for so long that you're going to remember that I almost lost you. It's going to eventually go back to, and I'm not talking about you in particular, I'm talking to the people out there. It's going to eventually go back to the reason why I started fucking up in the first place. Yeah. 
Not everybody. So please forgive me. I'm not saying this is going to be your situation. It's not going to, you know, but what I'm trying to say is, is that in my, in my relationship roller coaster in my life, I just remember those moments when I just, I fucked up and I did something where I was about to lose something. And then the fear of losing it just drove me crazy. And I was giving their all of the attention in the world and trying to do whatever it took to get her back or try to get it not to leave me and stuff like that. And then you let time smooth over and start to smooth past. And then you remember why you became distant from that person in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are the difficult situations that we find ourselves in is because you got to really be careful what you wish for because you're going to get it. And when you get it, is it what you really wanted? Because mm-hmm. one thing about the truth it has a truth. Truth has a date and time group. What's true today is not necessarily true tomorrow. I don't went from being willing to jump in front of a bullet for my woman to right now not pissing on fire to put that woman out. But <laughs> does that mean that five years ago when I felt that way, that it was a lie? No. It's just that what's true back then is not necessarily the truth today. Yeah. Jules. Yeah. Yeah. I just for me, man, I just have to say that um you know, we just gotta we can't we can't procrastinate that. Because if you like I said, if you with somebody and you know this person is 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 this person meant for you, then hey, because you never know, man. Patience, that motherfucker can run out. You know what I'm saying? Some of these people are just too patient, bro. It's like, I know I couldn't do that. I know I couldn't look at my wife and just think she was going to be with me for 10 plus years while we don't over here. Got, um, you know, we got, we got two, three kids together. We don't bought a house together. We don't bought several houses together. We don't bought cars together. And it's like, What's the end? Like, what is the what's the vision here? You don't have all these things in place, and then it's like, you know, she's not Mrs. Renee or she's not Miss, Mrs. Sosa yet. But you got to hear this, right? And while I get on this field, I want you to think about how we gonna move to the next topic because we're kind of dragging this right now. But mm. here's what I want to say: that is what you needed at that time. So it's like back back to it being truth has a date and time group is like that person could have been what you needed or she could have been a lesson or a moment. You know, sometimes we let the moment overshadow the message. Right. Everything that you go through, there's a lesson to be learned within it. And there's one thing that I've known to be a fact, and that's that everything is temporary. I'm talking about emotions i'm talking about people i'm talking about everything that we encounter it might be a long temporary it might be years you know but everything is temporary and you know why everything is temporary i'm asking um because it's not everything is not made to last forever right because the only thing promised to us is death yeah so 
every single thing we encounter in life is temporary. Even if it's a 10-year temporary, one-month temporary, 20 years temporary. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything is only temporary. Therefore, we should we got to live in the now. And we got to live in the moment. And I think that you don't really start appreciating the moment and the now until you get older and you don't have that much time left. Because when you're young, you're impatient. You're dumb. You, you're trying to speed everywhere in your car. You do have no patience. You're trying to do everything fast. I'm trying to fuck fast. I'm trying to move fast. I'm trying to have kids fast. I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat fast. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? You ain't got no time. But it, it takes until you get older that you start to realize, yo, I got to enjoy these moments because I didn't let so many moments pass me by. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like so much wisdom comes with time. And you start to see things differently. Like you said, lessons become blessings because it's like, fuck, lucky I learned that earlier on and that prepared me for where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Who you love today ain't who you're going to love tomorrow. Who you fuck today ain't who gonna, you're going to fuck tomorrow. What you do today ain't what you're going to do tomorrow. Like, you just got to live in a moment and enjoy it and be be good to people, treat people how you want to be treated and try to leave the world a lot better off than it was before you got here. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I gave you time. So what's up? What's next? Yo, my Knicks is balling. Hold up. My Knicks is balling. I I know they they lost the last game. Hold up. They lost, but they won this game. They won this one, but I'm talking about the one before that. Yeah, they they lost the first Bro, I was pissed because these motherfuckers, we had, we was up by like 20 at one point. Yeah. Let these motherfuckers come back up. But I'm you know, I say, Knicks, I say it's going to be, it's going to be five Knicks on, I want to say six because how they lost that first game. But from the beginning, I was going to say Knicks and five. Mm. What you think? I don't know, man. Jimmy Butler's a cold dude. I think, the, I think the Miami, he could take him and take it in seven. Mm. I think although although but do, who do you have the overall winner? I want the Knicks. I would like the Knicks to win because the Knicks haven't won a championship since 1972. Uh, and yo, they actually their team is long, bro. Yeah, the team is long. Like even we even got a little bench. So, yeah, I mean you know I mean we can even bring my man Rose in if we have to, you know <laughs> knock knock off the rust. You, you know what I mean? The Rose, yeah, but um. Nah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Knicks tape. Knicks is back. And um, I've been watching the highlights. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't got that. I live in the West Coast, so I don't catch the Knicks games. But what I do is when I know that they played, I'll go hit up the um the highlights of the game. So I will watch on YouTube every score that was made, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get a, a glimpse of what's happening and shit like that. So mm. I'm not really into sports like that, but I'm a diehard Knicks fan. So and you know, basketball is my favorite sport, so I always make the time to kind of at least keep up with what's going on. Mm. I'm proud of the Knicks, bro. For real, this is second round. It's been a while since we saw the second round, bro. Yeah, last time y'all boys saw the second round, man. Shut up! I don't even want to hear that. We, we had Larry. What is Larry Johnson being grandma? Nah, <laughs> nah. I think uh, I think John Stark. I think this was back when Carmelo played there, bro. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I think when. I think like somewhere between 2010, 2013. That was the last time the Knicks saw the second round of the playoffs. Yo, Carmelo's like one of my favorite players, man. 
Yeah. Because he come from where we come from. Yeah. And he also a five percent too. So he lit. Yeah. And his wife. Why Lala look like that? You remember MTV Lala? She just looked plain Jane back then, That's bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the fuck happened, bro? She probably has some work done to her, man. You know how to, you know how to do, man. I don't man. think so. Now nah, she Puerto Rican and black, nigga. What work she need? Come on. <laughs> Yo, just like Please. them Colombian, just like them Colombian mommies. Did be getting work done to them too? Bro? Actually, she's not black. She's Puerto Rican. Her mom and her dad Puerto Rican, but you know she got black down the line. Yeah. What's up with them Colombians though? Because they different. Man, them Colombian women, bro. I be seeing them at the airport. They be going down and get that work done to them, son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not ugly. No, not at you all. Know, they just be getting that work done to them, man. Like, man, this. I be seeing, I be seeing fifty year olds be looking like they're thirty, and they're just bad. It's like, damn. How? You know what I'm saying? I feel you, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm fucking so. I mean, that's all I got for sports. Cause, like I said, I don't, I don't watch sports like that. I'm just been keeping up with the Knicks since they made the playoffs and all that. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping up with a little bit of the NFL draft, but um, not too much. That hasn't been too much my thing lately. I've been more focusing on other things, but here and there, I I, I caught a little bit what's going on with the NFL draft, and I've been watching. Basketball here and there, cause you know the Miami Heat's in the playoff. I live down in South Florida, so I'm gonna watch it. But that's about it. Are you a Heat fan or not? Nah, I'm, I'm originally a San Antonio Spurs fan. Yo, how did I know you was gonna say that? You know what I'm saying? Because of my boy Tim Duncan. That's crazy. From the same place, so I'm a naturally root for the Spurs. Okay, you know. But other than that, nah, I ain't really been watching basketball. I thought you was on it because you big. You every time you know something's going on with the sports, you always pop out with the info. So I was like, all right, but you know, I figured you knew what was going on. Yeah, a little bit here and there. Maybe next season, once I get everything back in order, I'll go back and dip into that. Not. Not all the way like I used to before, but you know what I'm saying? Still dip into that and still juggle the other responsibilities around the household. You know what I'm saying? Because when, when I used to be in that shit, bro, motherfuckers would be calling me up asking me, man, what happened with that Ravens game, bro? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You was a Ravens fan? Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. But yo, let's make this part a little interesting. I I want to get into some funny shit or controversial shit. Okay. Let me think like this. Like, um, all right, but I'm gonna ask. We're gonna answer questions like, because I heard you say earlier about the Colombians getting that work done. So, <laughs> if your wife you wanted to get work done, like I I want to say, would you let her? But that will kind of make it seem like, you know, they, she doesn't have her own choice. So I'm going to say, how would you feel about it? You know, it's funny you ask that because we've talked, we've spoken about that before. Um, the question came up a couple of times. You know, she said, how would you feel if I did this? I'm like, well, you know, babe, I mean, we just, we need, you know, I'd like you to do a little bit more research on it because... You know, motherfuckers have been going down and coming back 
in a box. You know what I'm saying? Um, depending on who the doctor is, I would let her do it. You know, I don't have a problem with her doing that. Yeah. And what I got to say about that is low-key, you know, like I said, I'm devil's advocate today. (laughs) (laughs) Low-key, I'm not even going to get to that yet. Let me put it like this. A lot of times there'll be guys out there that, you know, it's different like with you. You're like, you know, you're thinking about health first and everything like that because, you know, your wife probably already has everything that you kind of, you know, want in a woman, right? Mm-hmm. So, same thing. Like, I've been in that position, too, you know? So, I understand where you're, like, more concerned about their health because at the end of the day, if she didn't get it done, you're kind of already mm-hmm. a little satisfied with what you have. Mm-hmm. But there are men out there dealing with those situations where a female can actually use that BBL, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't got no ass. Maybe she got, maybe you an ass man, she ain't got no ass. So you like, and maybe she got more gut than butt, and you kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're a little more supportive. Or, you know, she ain't got no breasts, and you like tits, and she get her breasts done, or, or whatever. But there's guys out there that are with women that should probably most definitely get it done. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. You know, that's why I asked, like, how do you feel about it? Because a lot of a lot of men are cool with it because it's it's only, you know, I feel like it's an investment. Like, like in your case, like, you know, it's your wife or like if it's your wife, it's kind of like an investment because it's like you're going to be the one to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, but there be niggas out there buying titties for a bitch for another nigga to suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? There be dudes putting that that dropping bread and putting in work in their woman and it's just for them to go to somebody else. So yeah. That devil's advocate. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one to bring that side out. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem. I think there's women out there that need that shit. Yeah, there is women out there that would really that would really benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? They really are. You know and I but I'm gonna say this also I'm also a huge advocate on just going to the gym and just working out, you know, watch what you eat and working out, you know. But there are some, there are some people work out every day, watch what they eat, the whole nine yards, and it's like they just got loose skin, you know, from having babies or loose skin because they used to be big, and now they just got all this loose extra skin around their torso and they can't get rid of it, or you know what I'm saying. Um, the person was born in a family where females generally don't have big titties or big ass. You know, going to the gym, their quads is growing, but their glutes ain't growing. So yeah, it's a double. It's a slippery slope. Like I, I like to call it that a slippery slope. How do you feel about your? Well, actually, you've been through this, so your significant other going on a girl's trip or or a man's trip, like going to another country where you know that, because, and let me, let me clarify this a little bit, is how do you, how do you feel about your wife going on an all girl's trip? And will she feel the same about you going on a man's trip? 
or a boys trip? I said, like I've said it before, she went. It was her and another girl. They went to, I think they went to they went to Cancun, had a blast. You know, she enjoyed her three three four days there, and she came back. And um, believe it or not, bro, she actually she actually encourages me to take trips with you know with my friends. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, but that's the thing. I don't have that much friends. It's not like I could pick up the phone and be like, "Yo, man." So, so when's our guys' trip? <laughs> we got to plan one, nigga. If your wife is pushing you to go do that, she that's rare. I was thinking like most women, or I'm not gonna say most, a good amount of women, if their if their man came up to them and was like, "Yo, babe, we planning a guys' trip. We going to Cancun." What do you think is gonna be going through their head? <laughs> that motherfucker going down there to cheat. Right? We're going to go down there. We're going to be going crazy. We're going to be smashing hoes. We're going to be, you know what I mean? But us, most men, we're mad cool with it. Our, our woman come to us and be like, I'm going on a girl's trip. I'm going on this. We encourage that shit. But... Get out the house, babe. <laughs> Get out the house, babe. Okay. You know what I mean? All so right. The other way around, it's like, I'm already expecting some resistance. I'm already expecting like, Wait, what? What you? Why? Why you gotta go out there without me? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't see that shit going well. I don't see, you know, that shit going well on the man's side very often. Yeah. But in your case, you a lucky man. You got wifey fucking pushing I, you out the house. I um, I ain't gonna lie though. Before before we got to our um, before we got to the root of our to the root of our issue. She was talking to. She was talking about going to Colombia, and I felt some kind of way because I was like, "Damn, you know, here I am planning a trip for us to go to Colombia for her birthday, and this nigga here talking about going to Colombia on oh, no. uh, 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 with her friends." I'm like, "Bro, I had to ask." I said, "Wait, a minute, when did all?" I said, "When did this urge came up all of a sudden for you to travel mm-hmm. all over the place? Like, what's going on?" She's like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know." I want to, you know, I I don't think it's fair for me to just be sitting here waiting on you whenever you have time off from work. So if I want to go here, I want to go here. I'm like, and I'm like, you know, it's not like I can't take time off from work, but it's like, you know, you know, I wanted to go to Columbia with you. And then you just going to just like, you just going to go? And she was like, so what you saying? That if I couldn't go to Columbia, you wouldn't go? I'm like, nah. Bro. I want to go because I know you want to go. But I'm not going to go What's that? Faisa, Colombia is a movie, bro. <laughs> I went to Cartagena and Bogota, nigga. And I, I was only there for a couple of days. Like, I didn't even get to really, really see what Colombia was about. And just for the little bit of time that I was there, it was a fucking movie, bro. Like, yeah. yo, son. Like, traveling, I think, as with age, you just want to start seeing more. You want to start doing more because as you get older, you start realizing how short life is. Mm-hmm. And I think that what made me realize how short life is is by trying to think back to my 20s or even to my teens. And I can't remember shit, bro. I can't, I can't remember. Even now, I've been to mad countries, bro. I've been in the military. 
I've visited so many beautiful countries and right now I can't even like remember, not for all of them, maybe a handful of them I could remember like my time there and how I felt, but it's like we so busy living in the future, you know, so you don't really enjoy those moments. So when you get older, especially if you've been busting your ass working, that's why now I've been traveling like crazy. You know, I done been to Vegas a couple times. I done been to you know, I went out there to Canada to check that out. I'm about to go to Mexico. I'm about, you know, I'm like, I'm about to do the same thing, like start traveling. And, and that's how grown folks, that that's how we really, you know, fulfill ourselves is seeing another country or going somewhere that we never seen. Like for me, the things that make me, you know, I'm not going to say happy, but what I'm enthusiastic about is you know, learning something new and seeing something new. I want to see something I've never seen. Mm. I want to do things I never did. And I want to feel things I never felt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> I remember a time in my life where I couldn't feel it. I couldn't feel a thing. Mm. You know, maybe I'm getting too deep. But have you ever been through that? Have you, Can you think about a time in your life where you didn't feel anything? Yeah, I think I was like what 23, 24, early on in my twenties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've I've been I've been I've been on that road before, and it I felt like I didn't give a shit anymore about about things. Bro, when I came back from Afghanistan, I think I was twenty five, and I I recorded a rap in my bedroom. I can remember it was twenty thirteen, and. I had just got back. I was back for a couple months and I had like my laptop, my mic. Like I remember recording the freestyle. It's called um deconverted. But um I remember rapping and I said 25 going through a midlife crisis. <laughs> like as if I was only going to live 50 years because mm-hmm. I felt at that time. I said I was talking about how I could see grays in my hair at that age, you know? And that's why I love the fact that I do music because I'm able to go back to these old songs and kind of see where my where my mentality was and, you know, what was important to me and, you know, how I used to move back then. And that was one of them songs that I was like, damn, when I was 25, I felt like I don't live half my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I've had, um, I've been I've I've been down there before. Mm-hmm. Now it's different now. Things are different now. I think now as you have a family and you got shorties, you know, it's a little you look you you look at things differently now. You know what I feel? I feel like, you know, the older you get and the more you experience, it's just that the least amount of things catch you by surprise. Mm. So you kind of expect things like me. I hope for the best, but I prepare for the worst. And mm. that's just from what experience have taught me. Like I've had my hopes high about things that never happened before. Like at an early age, like, so, and I've seen so much, like the faster you grow up, the more you see, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let me put it like this. I wrapped this verse speaking of when I was younger Another song that I can go back to was when I was in my early 20s and I said, it's what I see that make your brain grow old. And 
And that was because even at that age, I knew that I was way ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. I knew that the reason why I felt old or I felt like I lived a full life or I felt like I was an adult when I was a teenager is all from what my eyes was able to see at that young age. That's why we cover our kids' eyes when a sex scene comes on. That's why we change the channel when it's looking a little derogatory or too violent for our kids to see. Mm-hmm. When I grew up, there was nobody covering my eyes, bro. Mm. And the difference is, is that is the reason why they wasn't covering our eyes is because we wasn't watching no movies. The shit that was inappropriate that a lot of people try to hide from their kids and they cover their eyes in the movies, I was mm-hmm. seeing in real life. How do you cover my eyes in real life? And I'm a young boy and I'm watching drug dealing. I'm watching domestic violence. I'm watching drug use. I'm watching poverty. I'm watching stealing. I'm watching, you know, all the inappropriate shit that you ain't supposed to learn until you a grown ass man or woman. I'm seeing this shit as a child and there wasn't nobody there to cover my fucking eyes, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know I'm probably getting in my bag and all that, but I'm just saying, like, today I'm devil's advocate, bro. Like, I said, I don't seem too much fucked up shit to kind of be optimistic about everything. But in the same breath, I could say that I love life and all I want to do is live life. And if, if I could live forever, I would. Real talk. Okay. Bro, if you could live forever, would you? That depends. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that I would, that, that, that that would need to come into play in order for me to do that. Because um, I don't want to live forever, and the people that I care about don't. You know, what I'm saying? So what's because the bad part of that? The bad part of that is that you know, the people that you grew up with, the people that you came up with, and the people that you became friends with, when they all die, and then you know that their time is coming. Do you still want to be friends with that person? But here's the thing, right? I think that you appreciate life more when you live forever. Like I said, today I'm devil's advocate. I think I should name that. Should I name this episode devil's advocate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we did it. But um, and the reason why I say that is because you're so focused on watching people die that you're not appreciating the fact that you get to watch them live their full life. You know, you get to watch your son live until he can't live no more and then get to watch your grandkids live and then your grandkids, you get to watch your entire bloodline, bro. Mm. And you're so focused on the moment of grieving. You're going to have to grieve death. Yes, absolutely. But you're also able to see their entire life and see how they became and the people they became and how far they've gone. And then you even even able to watch over generations after you. I think that's beautiful, bro. I think that risk is worth the reward. Mm. Me personally, devil's advocate. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd have to. Um, I don't think I would, bro. I don't and that's I fine would. because your answer is the consensus. Most people would say no. My family says no. My kids, like, they like that. You crazy. Like, you really want to watch your kids die? And I'm like, no, I don't. But I do want to watch my kids live. 
I would like to see if everything I taught you, how far that takes you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but that's just me, and maybe I'm just a little fucked up in the head, and I wouldn't doubt it. But that's just some shit that we um we go through, bro. Like, mm. life is beautiful. Struggle is beautiful. Everything we go through is beautiful because you have the opportunity to experience it. Could have aborted me, bro. Like, my mom was pregnant to me at 13 years old. Mm. Everybody was telling her not to have me. She had to run away from home, run away at 13, run away from her, everything she knew because in her mind, she felt like she had to save me, bro. Mm. And that's why I feel like I got to live, bro. I got to, I got to live because my mom gave up everything so that I could be alive to this day, still only has it up to an eighth grade education because back then you couldn't be pregnant in school. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were scared about how you was going to influence the other girls or, you know, shit like that. So my mom, it's not that she wanted to drop out. She didn't want to go to school. She couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Then that was why she was pregnant with me. And then that while she had me, now she got to figure out how to keep me alive long enough until I can keep myself alive. Mm-hmm. And had to make those decisions as a child, bro. So that's why... You know, I, the way that I feel about life and how I got to live it and and how much I got to achieve is because I know that deep down inside, I wasn't supposed to be here. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm trying to just fucking lit this shit up and do what I got to do. And, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I'm out here just day by day, just trying to find new ways to make my mama proud. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we come, we come from nothing, bro. We come from the fucking dirt and in a foundation breaking generational curses, man. Like I used to get my ass whooped, but it fucking breaks my heart to even think about whooping my kids today. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we have information now. We understand the world differently because we have it at the palm of our hands. And we're like middle children. Like you and I, we're like middle childs before the before the the technological area era excuse me because we got to live long enough through both eras we lived through them eras where we didn't have it and then we living through the eras where we have it now so we understand both worlds and that's what make us the best people bro our generation is the best because we experienced both generations we could relate with the youngest and we could relate with the oldest we yeah. we know the golden age of hip hop, but we could also appreciate the new shit coming out today. To a degree, I'm gonna say that. I I, I some of this new shit, bro. I really can't listen to it, bro. So there ain't been no new song. Let's say since let's say in the let's say but after the golden era, there ain't been no new music that has resonated with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like there's songs that came out as I'm an adult of the new era. I'm going to say the Drake era, you know, like that have that sit with me to today that were life changing. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the same. And the feeling was different back then. But even today, 
if you think about the top three rappers, they all still are lyricists. They still are are real hip hop artists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, the real is always going to prevail. It's always going to be what's on top too. We talking about Kendrick. We talking about Cole. We talk about Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like back then, it was Biggie, Pac, Nas. Before that, you know, there was so many other people. Rakim, fucking um, I always forget the Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick, Slick Rick. You know, like rap. yeah, all them cats. So it's like every era has its time. So. That's just how I feel, man. Like, and us being in the middle of that time, like I remember my mother having a beeper. Like I had to beep my mom. And that was technology back in the day where you can actually, you know, beep somebody and they know to call you back. Or, you know, they then the beepers got to the point where you could leave a voicemail. <laughs> like we watched <laughs> technology grow, bro. And now it is where it is today. And we're able to act enjoy even the new form of technology so we're we're special like that our kids they were born where technology was already booming so they don't even know the struggle they don't know what it's like not to be able to contact somebody unless you walk over to their house or like you know we had house phones and shit like back then nobody was calling saying i'm on the way they were just ringing the fucking bell they was just knocking on the door like it was it was possible almost every day for somebody to just pop up at the crib. Niggas was just showing up. Yeah. Nowadays, don't nobody just pop up. And if they did, we would be pissed. Like, yo, why are you just popping up at the crib? But back then, <laughs> back then, it's like we was always ready because we never knew who was going to pop up. So my mother would always want to make sure the house was clean. Clean up after yourself. Do this. You know, you never know who's coming over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nowadays, it's like nobody even socializes the way that we used to. It's like oh, we be, we we stay friends or we stay we keep track of each other because oh we Facebook friends and I follow them on social media, so you kind of see how they're doing, but you're not even really interacting with these people. Yeah. Because, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Now you go. No, no I was going to tell you. I was going to ask you. Did you hear? Um, they did a study. And they were saying, um, I forgot what percentage of the adults, but they said some percentage uh, is a huge percentage of adults today are suffering from loneliness. Right. I can see that that. crazy. And I can see it because people only socialize on social media these days. Back then, if you wanted to meet somebody or have friends, you had to go outside. Now, you're trying to impress people that are just strolling right past you. Mm-hmm. Like nobody really taking a time out to reach out to you and see how you're doing. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest offender to that. Like, I just called my mom the other day because I ain't talked to her in forever. You know, like, and it's just because time goes by, and I'm sure she sees my post. I see that, you know, whenever she wants to post online occasionally, so you kind of feel like, all right, well, they're all right. I just saw them post the other day. Or you feel like you know what's going on with them based on what they're posting. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you know, you don't even think about the real life interaction because every time I do talk to my mom, 
we on the phone for an hour plus. We on the phone for a long time. We got so much catching up to do because we only speak so far and few in between. And it's like, you don't even know these people. This is your family. These are your friends or who you once considered your friends. And in all reality, you don't even know them. You know whatever they're putting out to the world. And nobody's, I mean, some people be sharing their drama. Like, that's why I don't really like Facebook because that's, there's a lot of old people on there and that's where people still air out their business. <laughs> but either way, most of the time, people just trying to post and promote their, their wins. They're not really promoting their losses. You know what I'm saying? So you don't know what they're going through for real. You just see the facade that they're putting out for the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, social media has definitely drove a wedge in between, you know, real family and friends and what that shit means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Most people rather spend their time with their heads down on their phone rather than actual interaction between, you know, them and another human being. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's part of the reason why we're so alone now is because all we do is electronics, devices, social media, you know, Insta chat, face snap. Mm hmm. You know, all that, all the other bullshit. Mm -hmm. But when when you when you look at these people who spend so much time, and who are supposedly cool on the internet, when you see them interact with other human beings, it's like they're cold, no emotion. You know, it's just like it's just weird. Like I've seen my son pick up the phone and call his friends, and he answers what. I'm looking at him like, damn, who you have, who you talking to like that? Oh, this is just my friends. That's how you talk to your friends? Yeah. Like, you no. don't appreciate the fact that they're calling you. Right. So that's not how you talk to your friends. And then when they, when they hang up, when they, when, you know, when they, when they getting off the phone, there's no, all right, man, I'll catch you tomorrow. No goodbye. Or no later. They just hang up. I said, did you, I said, did you just hang up on him? No, dad. You sure? You just put the phone away from your ear and you just hung up on him. I didn't hear you say goodbye or anything like that. I don't have to say that. Yes, the fuck you do. They do that, bro, because interactions are fucking... They don't mean anything to them today. They, yeah. care, they care more about if you play them online or rather than if you play them in real life. You know, or, you know, you care more. Like, right now, your birthday could come up and I could hit you up directly, like, that's what I try to do. Like if I see it's if I see it's your birthday online, I'm gonna just go ahead and, and text you because I got your number or I'm gonna call you. You know what I'm saying? But people will care more if you gave them a birthday shout out on the internet. Yeah. Like me. I used to post my kids every time it was their birthday, I'd be like, Happy birthday to my son, blah blah blah. Like you give a whole spill and everything. And now I don't even post it. And I don't even post like, oh, happy birthday, son, happy birthday, daughter, or, or this, this, and this, like, because, and it's not because I'm like trying to hide or anything like that. I'm just saying like, it's more direct. It's a lot better what I can go to you, say happy birthday, give you a hug and, and give you things or, you know, like be there for you for real, for real, mm -hmm. like behind closed doors, fuck all of that online and, and, and all of that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I, I how many people out there remember my birthday 
off the top of their head and not because Facebook reminds them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that's the type of relationship I'm trying to grow, even with my close friends and my close people, bro. Like, I'm I'm trying to, you know, I keep I keep my circle small, but at the same time, you got to make sure that you let those people know that that you care about them, you know, like, and you got love for them. You got to keep, you got to show your people that you care about them too, you know. So you got to check on your people. You got to look out, like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, I know a lot of times. I hit you up, you probably be thinking I'm hitting you up because of the pod, but I be sometimes yeah. hitting you up just to check on you, bro. Like, yeah, hey, you good? Like, you know, today I hit you, I hit you, well, what was it yesterday? I was like, yo, how's the trip going? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, nah, man, because it's love. You're my friend, like, you're my brother. So when I hit you, a lot of the times I'm just trying to check on you. I don't really give a fuck about the, the other shit. It's like, how you doing? You all right? You straight? And you know, as men, we don't really indulge or divulge or really put each other onto what we going through. But sometimes it just feel good having your homeboy hit you and just be like, what's up? You straight? How you been? Like, just checking on you. You know what I'm saying? Not wanting nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need, and, and I will say I need to reciprocate that, but I'd be so fucking busy. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. You know? But. And it's cool, man. Like, I'm just starting to get into that with the people that I really care about too, but I'm not going to lie. Like one of my homies that is really good at that and good at, at checking on me and shit. And I do the same thing for him, but he kind of gave me that energy first. It was fitted, bro. A nigga fitted. A nigga always, always checking. Yo, big bro, you all right? How you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? So then you got no choice but to reciprocate that energy. You know what I mean? And even now, it's like, I'll be the same way. Like, with the people I really fuck with, just hit you up. Like, and I'll be like that with you. Like, you my bro. Like, we got history. Like, we've been friends now for over five years. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, it don't even feel like that. It feel like we still just met each other yesterday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got a whole podcast together now. Like, we confide in one another. And, like, our relationship has grown. Like, we, we've been in Korea together. We've been in Washington together. Like we we we've real we've real friends and we gonna fucking you know, it's only gonna grow and grow more because we've been able to really, you know, look out for each other for this long. Yeah. Yeah. So That's so dope, man. Yeah. You already know the vibes, my G. But now nah, but yo this has been a dope ass part. I'm not even gonna say that we got any more to say because I think we said enough. We tapped in. It was all over the place. I'm glad that during the episode, I said devil's advocate enough for me to actually name it that because that'd be the hardest thing for me, bro. After we pod, I'd be like, what am I going to name this? What picture am I going to use? <laughs> you know, get a, get a picture of Al Pacino from Devil's Advocate. <laughs> I'm going to look it up and I'm going to see, but I put a lot of thought into that shit. So when we do some pods where we really don't say anything a lot, or if I don't mention what I'm going to name it, or if I don't do anything, I really got to be sitting back and thinking about, you know, what I'm going to call that show. I'd be having a hard time because I'm like, fuck, what do we say? Or sometimes we don't stay in topics too long. So I'm like, do I name it for the most popular topic? Or do I do this? Like, you know, like in our last episode, I put, you know, Tucker Carson and, you know, your boy Lemon 
I put them both on the cover because we spoke about it and that was what was hot at the moment. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we only touched that but for so long. You know what I'm saying? So it was just a lot of times I'd be having issues like Damien needs parts. I'd just be trying to, you know, do what's best. But either way, we made it through another episode. This was episode what? Because I don't even think I said it in the beginning. It's episode eight, right? I think so. Right. Seven or eight. So I want to thank everybody first and foremost for tuning into the pod season two, episode eight, with your man's Ray and your man's Kenny on some real chief shit. We appreciate all y'all for tuning in and tapping in and supporting our podcast. And we're super excited for what's to come because we've been working. I can hear my man Kenny is more motivated and more motivated every episode. You led the last episode. And this episode, we were pretty much tired of how much we interacted. But I like that you're coming out your show and, you you know, you're really leading the show and coming in and really co-hosting with me and giving the audience the best show that we can possibly give them. So I want to thank you first and foremost, my G. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. This was the pod. And I want to thank you. And I want to say I wish y'all much health and wealth. And before I'm out of here... I'm going to let my man Kenny leave leave y'all with with some words. (laughs) On the spot. (laughs) Yo, I ain't got got nothing today, bro. Hit him with that shit. Hit him with that old shit. Because you got to remind him sometime. Tomorrow isn't promised, so be great today. You know what I'm saying? Just be great. Don't put that off. Because you never know. Because I'm great now. Don't wait to... Don't wait till I'm dead to be grateful, you heard? Exactly. We out of here. Peace, my G. All right.